Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Honest Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Ali. And this is episode 85. Yes, 85, 85. is... 85, 19, 19, 85 is the... <laughs> 1985 is the year I was born. It is a not an Estelle song, but a Bowling for Soup song, Matt. Good, good. So, um, <laughs> just we are recording again because Ashley, I was recording on my side, but Ashley didn't press the record button. So we had a whole conversation and you're going to get to hear none of it, which is fine. Oopsies. Um, but you know what? Shit happens and now we're here. Yeah. Well, we'll so, try, and re- try and recreate as much as we can. Oh my god, how bad was Hitler? And Coup and Catan. All of these games are so tough. <laughs> we played all these games and they were really good and really bad at the same time. Yay. <laughs> I will talk about my week first though, because that's what we're talking about. So how was my week, Ashley? Thank you for asking. Um, so this you, uh... week... <laughs> no, go on. All right, Matt. Jesus, how was your week, Matt? This week actually genuinely has been really, really tough. And it's been one of those like highs and lows one because... Um, I the highs was which you missed I realized is I was in an online performance so a play with this like new amateur dramatics company and that was on Thursday Friday and Saturday we did the performances so it was nice because like what I've I used to do performances like but I stopped when I joined uh, when I started playing rugby when I was 21 Mm. but before that I used to do them quite often like on stage and I haven't done any sort of acting for like 10 years or over 10 years really so that was really really nice um what was really nice is just doing it in your room so I could just like change and then I was like lying down and I was like playing games and stuff like that and just chilling kind of thing which was really sweet um but I guess like a negative is like you don't get to meet the people and get to know them and stuff um yeah yeah but Ashley felt like he had more important things to do than watch um me perform which is a shame it is. Oh. I, I, uh, yeah, I only realized today that I totally missed it. It was whenever you said you're hungover, I was like, oh, fuck, he was like celebrating his play, and I totally forgot to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> really bad of you. I'm a terrible friend. That, you are a terrible friend. Not just a terrible friend, a terrible person. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, say I'm, I'm an okay person, but I am a terrible friend. You just do terrible things. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Um, but I also, on Thursday, um, and we'll talk about it a bit later, is like I had my redundancy talks with work, basically, like my second one, and I think like I'm going to, well, lose my job. Um, and I just got really emotional around it, like really, really emotional, and I just broke down crying. And then sort of ever since then, like because I'm, in terms of the way that I deal with my emotions and stuff, in terms of I'm trying to be more open as a person and have been for a number of years, like after having therapy and things like that. And so what I'm finding, especially in like lockdown, is when I'm emotional, like when I've had like an emotional event, I seem to be like almost like I feel like a door is open and then I can cry at any moment. And so like I'm watching like TV and stuff and like I'm literally like breaking down in tears over some things that are both like they are emotional. Some of them are emotional. Some of them are not so emotional. And like like after that Thursday, like I was watching TV on Thursday night and then watching TV or playing games or something on Friday and I'm literally crying, crying, not like a tear, crying at things that happened on the TV and I was like, oh God, um, I need this to subside a little bit because I can't be this sensitive. It feels yeah. like my feelings are like right on the edge. 
I don't know, like in my body, like it sounds weird. Like I can feel it like almost like pushing out of my skin. That's how close it feels. Whereas like when I'm holding things in, it feels very, very deep. Like I feel it in my chest and in my like inside my body. So I think there's like, the, yeah, it's just very up and down week if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's a side effect of everyone just having so much self-isolation over the last few months. I mean, I've, I, I say for everyone, I'm definitely experiencing the same thing where I literally just feel at any minute, I'm ready to cry. Like if somebody says something, I'm just like, okay, now I'm gone. I'm gone. But I don't cry that often, but I feel like I'm ready to cry all the time, all day, every day. Have you cried yet? Um, I, I have, I cried. I had a wee bit of a cry when I watched when they see us. That was, I remember. Oh my God. That's what got me. I'm sorry. Uh, That got me this week as well. Cause I watched the interview with Oprah also, side note, John doesn't know what Oprah looks like. So he's like, who's that on the left? And I was like, no, that is Oprah. No, I'm not even joking. And then he sent me a picture being like, I thought it was her. And I was like, you are a piece of shit. I was like, she's <laughs> literally the most famous person in the world, pretty much. Like, um, I and he was that. like, the question was, who is that on the left? I was like, wow. Wow. I mean, but you should know Oprah. Although that being said... Oprah is, well, I mean, John is older than you. John's my age, isn't he? Uh, I think he's like a year younger than you. Well, okay, well, you should know Oprah. I was, I'm, I, was, I was saying, you know, Oprah isn't about that much anymore. Like, she doesn't have her TV show or anything, but she was about at least, you know, whenever John was still growing up. He's not 12, so. I mean, I never um, watched an Oprah Winfrey talk show, but you know exactly who Oprah is. Like, it's just, I don't know. Mad. Yeah, well, there's c- um, certain things that would have happened, like the Tom Cruise Oprah Winfrey interview was like famous um <laughs> you know she's just famous for everything like, uh, yeah how do you not know oprah winfrey she's the most powerful woman in the world like that's literally like and was named that like he looked online like 10 years ago or something she's um, phenomenal she's like she yeah. she worked hard got where she she started off like just on the side doing something in the studio like nothing like i don't, I don't say like she wasn't on front of the camera she didn't go to as far as I'm aware anyway, from what I read, like she didn't go study to be TV presenter. She literally started like maybe cleaning in the side of a studio or something like that. Um, and then just worked hard, got in front of the camera and then grew or built an empire, not grew an empire, built an empire. I've never been like, a, I don't know a story. So I'm not like a fan of Oprah because people lose their shit and they're obsessed with her. But um, you have to know who she is. Like, yeah outrageous have you watched so um if you watch when they see us have you watched that interview like with the actors and then with the real central park five no 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 you did mention that to me though but i didn't i was so emotional after the tv show oh that's tough this woman ava duvernay i think like the shows that she's creating are absolutely like so necessary but like such high quality and so like, if you watch the interview as well, like, she's, like, everything she's doing is, like, it needed their approval. Like, everything is, like, respectful and yeah. accurate. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, it's, she's someone I would like to follow, like, just in general, because I feel like, yeah, she did 13th as well. And let's see what other things that she's done, because, yeah, it seems amazing. Um, but anyway, sorry, you cried when you watched When They See Us, rightfully so. Yeah. I want to watch it again, but fuck me, like, I can't go through it again. You only watched it like a week ago. No, no, no. I watched the interview, but I watched the show last year. Uh, oh, I thought you watched it with Ed a couple of weeks ago. 
or last no, week? No, I said we'll watch it, but I was like, I don't know if I can go through it, through with right, it again. Yeah. Yeah, we watched 13 a couple of weeks ago with Ed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is it good? 13th? Yeah. Unbelievable. But What's that on? That's on Netflix. It's on Netflix, okay. Yeah, I would recommend watch it. It's a film, so it's like an hour and a half, like a, a documentary. Um, it's, it is unbelievable. And that's what, that's, that made me really emotional. There, we had to stop and I was bawling again because my, my emotions are literally at the like, edge. I'm not like, I'm not welling up. I'm actually crying. Like, I'm crying so much. Um, and that one got me as well. That's what made me go to the protests the next day. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Because I wasn't going to go because I was concerned about like, the coronavirus and stuff. Um, and I don't believe necessarily that you have to go to the protests to um, show your support. I think you can do it in, in a number of different ways. But it, I just felt like, compelled to go because of watching that i was like it's just something i wanted to do and i was really happy with that decision oh yeah good yeah. I'll, I'll watch it 13th i'll watch it i'll watch it i'll watch it um i watched i watched hamilton <gasps> i know you watched that so we watched it as well because i wanted to talk about that hamilton easily one of the best things i've ever seen in my life and i have been listening to the soundtrack non-stop ever since I cannot believe how good it was on TV like, so as a musical. When you said it was really good, I was like, okay, I know it's going to be good. And then I thought you were a bit, being a bit hyped, just being like, okay, you know, like literally what you're saying now. And I was like, it can't be that good if you're not seeing it in person. Fuck mm. me. It is quality. I'm so gutted that it got cancelled because I had tickets this year, like in May. Um, yeah. Although I always think like with the cast that they had there, it will never be as, it couldn't, who knows, but it couldn't be as good as like what we saw with the original cast. Um, in the US yeah. but yeah the Disney Plus cast was phenomenal you know oh. I, I, the, I'm sure the UK class were UK cast would have been brilliant but to see you know to see the guy who created it perform the role he wrote you know that was brilliant um yeah no I loved it he wrote every song it was song. all songs though as well and I don't usually like that in a musical like same you know, same I like ones that are being we'll talk about this and we'll sing about this um, but no, Hamilton was all music, all songs, and yeah. and I I was there for every single one. Every like, single the one. music's ridiculous, and because it's enjoyable. The thing about musicals, and I think why a lot of people may not like musicals sometimes, is because the music is like a certain music, like the way that musicals are. I can under, I I love musicals. I yeah, love I them more than plays. Mm. I would say because um, oh, yeah, yeah, like I like lighthearted things just in general. But musicals, I can understand why people won't because sometimes they're very formulaic. The way that they speak, the way that they sing, is just like, it doesn't seem, I know it's not supposed to seem real, but it's always like, it's so overdone sometimes that it's just, it takes mm -hmm. away from it. But Hamilton, because it's like really modern music, the music's so sick. Like it's, yeah. like the words, the like, I'm, I don't listen to rap much, um, but the words, I was like, fuck man, they're so smart. Yeah. So smart. And then there was like little nods to Beyonce and like Destiny's Child and I was yeah. loving everything. Oh my god. And then I loved um King George's I know you're when say. Yeah, I King George. Oh, I was gonna say that, but because I, I, I was gonna talk about um the French guy. But King George, he's so fit. I've always found what's his name again? Um Rob no Jonathan Groff. Groff. Jonathan Groff. I've always found him I think he's one of the fittest guys in the world. He might be like top I three for me. He's so beautiful. But then, yeah. did you see him when he's singing all that spit come out? I was a bit like, oh. 
Ooh. <laughs> and he just left it there as well. He was like, Bleh, and it was dripping off his lips. So I was like, ooh. And I licked he... that up for you, but I was like, let me just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm he did quite say... partial to a bit of spit. <laughs> he did say in an interview that he is a very sweaty, like, he's a very drippy guy. And I'm like, ooh, I'm here for you, Jonathan. Um, Absolutely. He's so yeah, he's... And he's so funny. So funny. Yeah. I do think his... I think he looks like a bit like a Wallace and Gromit character sometimes with his eyes. I think they're a bit sometimes a bit too beady, but I'll not take that away from him. I'm not like it's not a bad thing. It's just cute. I have to disagree. I don't think there's any problem with like his physical form, and even like when I see like interviews. And do you remember looking? I think you watched that, didn't you? Uh, I watched. I think I watched first, but I didn't really wasn't a big fan of it. But I, I liked it. it. Um, he's in that. And Glee, because I used to watch Glee back way back when. <gasps> well, I want to talk about Glee. Ooh, did you hear? Yeah. Oh my god, I, I'm obsessed. But Jonathan Groff was also in Frozen, and I watched Frozen two this week, which I Ugh. also did not did not like. Um, I would never watch anything like that. Frozen one and Frozen two were both terrible. I don't know why I've missed the mark on them, but everybody goes mad for them, but I don't get them. Um, what else did I watch this week which I really I watched Fight Club for the first time in a long time which I really loved such a good film such a good film Brad Pitt is he was like my main squeeze for like a long time like I was just obsessed and then in that film in particular um, Mm, I like him and I like him too he's beautiful Um, yeah uh, Glee oh my god She's just gone missing. Naya Rivera. Yeah. She's gone missing. And they're still searching for her body. They now think that it's a search and rescue job, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So she, for people who don't know, she was one of the kid performers in Glee. She played my favorite character in the actual show, Santana. I think I think she was my definitely my favorite character. And she went out on Wednesday morning, I think, or Wednesday afternoon with her son. Hired the boat, for, hired a boat in some for some lake in California, and f- hired the boat for three hours. After three hours, when the boat didn't come back, um, they went looking for it, and they found her son asleep on the boat, but no sign of her. Um, and <gasps> the boy, I think the boy who's four said, "Yeah, my mom went in the water, but didn't come back up." Oh my god! I don't. I've not looked at the story. That is outrageous. Yeah, uh, her life jacket was, there was an adult life jacket left on the boat. Um, and so, yeah, they think she went in. But then uh, people said, like, it's a lake, so there's no undercurrent or anything like that that would suck her under. But, you know, she could have got tangled in seaweed or something like that. So it's it's really hard to know. But, yeah, they're still looking for the body now. And I think they've, I think the bo- the family are, like, saying they just want closure. They're, I think mm. they're pretty much accepting that she's gone, but they haven't found a body yet. Um and they're like scanning infrared, scanning the like the lake and everything, but it's just crazy. It's just, but then it, that that show, like I was reading last the article, I was just reading before um, we started recording. So the show isn't exactly isn't doing well with regards to Alex. <laughs> Alex is like the show is cursed. Like it is, it's fucked. Yeah, I mean, you first of all had. The main guy in it, what was his name? Corey McKeith, I think it was. Mm. He he overdosed on drugs. Then um, 
the other guy, uh, oh god, what he's got? He played the main bad boy in it. Yeah, um, Mark Soling, I think his name is. He was outed as a pedophile and he killed himself. Oh my and days! I definitely forgot about that. Did you forget about that? Yes. Yeah, they find him on the side of a road Fuck. hanging. Um, and then there's all that fucking drama with, um, oh, whatever he's, how do you, Leah Michelle, is it? Yeah. For being racist and abusive to the people, the cast and stuff. Yeah. And a bully. And a bully. And then here is Naya Rivera, who, the four of the main, four of the main cast are just, it's a mess. Oh, it's so hard to... This is really digressing, but you know, like, I wish I had like faith, you know, like a religious faith, mm. um, and like some sort of like guidance when it comes to these sort of things, because it's like, it's so hard. Like everything is so hard, at, like to hear, and then to even be a part of some of these things. Like it's just, I know this is like speaking like massively, but you know, like. Like, it's so unfortunate. Like, this child now and this family have to go through and, and, and people around her, you know? Like, it's just devastating. It's absolutely devastating. Like, it's just horrible. That's what I don't even know what to say. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just rambling, but it's just, it's, it's just, it's horrible. It, it just, it, yeah. To me, what, what I was thinking of just how unfair life can be. Mm. It just seems that there's, like, there's no justice. You have people out there who, do bad things and they get away with it and you've people out there i mean obviously i don't know her from adam and then but you know she's there and i think she posted made it really sad is the day before she went missing she posted a picture of her her and her son just like hugging saying just the two of us and i was like that's just oh, i'm just i i get where you're coming from it to me this just seems so weird like the life's just not fair um, it's it's proper hollowed me out this story and I don't know why I've been following it from day dot when I woke up and read the news and I was just like Ugh. and I find myself like going back online to see any updates and you know I don't I don't, I don't think I follow her on any social media I just yeah I that's crazy I guess something's just hit you isn't it differently yeah just like Ugh. yeah I don't know sometimes that happens I guess just mm. life life um, I'm trying to think of what, oh other the big thing in our house is the drama that the shelf in my room has caused. We put a shelf up in my room this week. <laughs> Matt, honestly, I've you think World War Three has pretty Stop much it. started. Stop. Don't honestly, uh, it's <laughs> You're this is very serious. This shelf. <laughs> Go on, babe. Tell me. So my mum <laughs> That is the weirdest segue ever, boy. Oh my god. <laughs> Life is hard. Let me tell you about my shelf. Oh shit. Tell me about the shelf. What did that bitch do again? <laughs> it is nonstop in this house. My mum. Um so we my mum like you know the Golden Gate Bridge? Where once it finishes getting painted, it has to get started again from the other side. Yeah, that's a true. Is yeah. that a true story? 
I think that's that's what that's how the story goes. Um, okay. Our house is a bit like that. So once my mum finishes decorating the house, she'll go back and start again. Yep, yep. So nobody asked her to do it. It's her own judgment call. So she'll go do it. And the minute she starts, it is, oh, my back's sore from doing all the painting. And I'm like, well, you don't have to do it, mum. You can just literally not do it. She goes, no, it needs done. And I'm like, only you think it needs done. Only you. Anyway, so it started. My, one of my, my our rooms, there's bigger, bigger rooms and smaller rooms in our house. One of my brothers, who used to live in the bigger room, pretty much now lives with his girlfriend. So he said to the other brother, why don't we swap rooms and you can have the bigger room and I'll have the smaller room. That means, you know, when I stay out, if I have, you know, stay over, I'll just stay in the small room and you can have the big room. Fine. That swapped around. Then my, my brother, who now lives, still lives in the house, Keith, he is, Keith's a very proud person. Like he's very, I think he, th- he overthinks what other people might think of him. Um, mm. An example might be that if he is, not fully dressed, he will never answer the door or go outside. So if what? Yep. Yeah, so if the postman comes with a package for him, he will either go get my mum to answer the door or totally ignore it and then wait till somebody else comes. Unless he is fully that dressed. That is insanity. That is insanity. That's my What's brother. full dress? Like he'll have like pajamas. Or he's like he'll he wants look, jeans. He, if he was in pajamas, no way. Absolutely not. Is oh, he going out? I know, I know. That's ridiculous, and no? I think it's ridiculous. I'm like, who the fuck do you think you are? Isn't um, it? I, you know, we take the we we have to take the bin out of our garden and take it up to the the car park. Um, and it, it, if he if mom was like, come on, you take the bin out. He's like, well, I'm in my jammies. I can't go outside. And I'm like, I'm in my jammies. Do you expect me to go outside? I mean, I don't mind going outside. But it's so funny because anyway. like it's like the opposite of you because you will literally come when sometimes when you show up at my door here. I'm like, I cannot <laughs> believe you've travelled the entirety of London in those clothes like honestly <laughs> it's <laughs> true I give, I give zero fucks I just, I just throw, throw on anything you know yeah. um, you need some of that oh, pride, pride. <laughs> <laughs> talking about clothes um, say another segue <laughs> I was I I'd finished the gym on Friday night and I came up to get a shower and I came into my room to get changed and my little nephew walked in and was butt naked um and he just he turned around and i seen him i was like oh and he ran off and then he hid he hid from me because he was so scared in case i came down and told him off for sneaking into my room and seeing me naked and i was like um wait first of all it seemed he seen me from the back and my bum so it wasn't like full penai but i just oh it made me laugh so much his oh reaction God. Like, oh. You just be happy. It's like you're not the first man that's seen me naked in a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is too close to being dark, so we're not going there. Um, okay. Yeah. So anyway, my brother is my brother's super proud. So the minute he wanted to move rooms, he then wanted to redecorate that room. Um. Yeah. So that's fine. Then my mom is the type of person who will not let other people do anything. You know, because. Because my brother won't have a lot of experience in painting a wall, she'd be like, "Well, you, there's no point messing up the wall. I may as well do it. and I'll do it right." And he's like, "No, no, I'll do it, Mom." He's like, "No, no, I'll do it." And then she moans about having to do it. So anyway, she then decided, "Ashley, I think your room needs a wee bit of touch up." And I was like, "Oh, maybe, Mom. I'll, I'll maybe put like a 
one of the walls, like one wall solid colour. So I picked the colour, went and got the paint. And she goes, well, you may as well paint the whole room now. Like, everything needs to be whited out for you. And I was like, no, mum, it literally doesn't. She goes, no, actually, it really does. And I was like, mum, literally, it does not. I don't, I don't even live here. I'm only here. Do not paint the rest of the room. Let me just paint this one. She goes, no, no, no. Leave it with me. So she does this, so this <laughs> all this week, and I have had to hear about how much pain it's causing her to paint the room. And I'm like, Mum, don't paint the room. Oh, no, I have to know. I've started it. And I'm like, you literally have done about four inches. You've not started a room. You've literally put a dab on. Anyway, this shelf. So we get a shelf. First of all, my brother goes down to Ikea. It's just a little thingy shelf off the wall. And it is... I asked for two half shelves, but he comes back with one big shelf. I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I wanted. But no big drama. I don't care. Why didn't you go? Uh, Hold on. I don't understand. Why did he go and get your shelf instead of you? Well, he was going to Ikea. And I said, oh, if you're going to Ikea, can you get me a shelf? Now, Ikea is like 60 miles away from where we live. So it's not like we can just nip across the road Six and get zero. it. Six zero? Six zero, yeah. It's down in Belfast. Oh, no fuck. So he was going down for other stuff. And I was like, well, if you're going, can you okay. get me? And I was like, okay, yeah. That's reasonable, so then he that's reasonable. Yeah. So then he came back with the wrong one. He goes, I can go back and change it. I was like, no, I really don't care. Like, I don't, I'm not in this room enough to care. <laughs> so that's fine. He then decides to, my mum then says, oh, Keith, can you help me put up the shelf? And I'm like, well, I can't help because it is my room. She goes, no, no, Keith's done it before. He knows. I'm like, I've put up, I've drilled holes in a wall before, mum. Anyway, <sighs> drills go up. Then we realized we don't have the right size wall plugs. So there's a whole hoo-ha about getting the right size wall plugs for the thing. And then I get the right size wall plugs yesterday and go to put them in. And the because the shelf is so big, it's not the right, you know, obviously it's not the right shelf I wanted. It has to be, it wasn't, it has to be drilled in the right place. Otherwise it won't fit. Mm. And my brother did not drill it in the right place. So it was, then the shelf would not fit in the wall. And I was then just sitting like, you know, all I wanted was a bit of paint on one wall and all of a sudden I've ended up with fucking drama. Then, because he then had to move the shelf drillings over a bit, the drill bits were too close to the other ones, so we had to either move the shelf up or down. And I was like, I, I, I really don't care at this point. Like, wherever you think it looks best. And then, so they did it. Um... And then my mum was like, well, we have to repaint the whole wall now because I have to polyfill in the holes that are in the wall. So, Matt, how long do you think it would take somebody to... Like, if I said to you, I want to paint one wall in a room and the wall is literally the length of a bed. That's the length of the, the wall. It's a small wall. Literally, all you can fit in there is the length of one bed and it's standard height. I'm, I'm saying... This room should take two, three hours max to paint. Yeah? Right. Well, like, as in per coat, or are you just saying in total? Because, like, are you just saying, like, if you did it once, you'd put another coat on? Yeah, I think you do the room once, let it dry, yeah. and then probably paint it again. At maximum, it would take three hours. Yeah. Well, yeah, take out sure. the One wall. Take out the window. Not a room. Like, you can do a room in, like, half a day, for sure, yeah. Yeah, one wall. <clears throat> my my room has been in chaos for two weeks with furniture moved out so my mum could paint two weeks this has been going on and I am just ready to kill her 
<laughs> what is her excuse? I don't know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But you I'm are not allowed I... to paint the wall yourself, you're saying? Well, this is it. I'm not, no, I'm not allowed to paint the wall. No, absolutely not. Are you mad? What she if you did? What would her. happen if you just did? She'd probably kill me. Because um, this is what happened. I I went and I... um. This is another example of what I did. I went out and I bought some... I have some, like, shelves. Like, not, like a, a shelving unit. And I wanted to stain them, like, a walnut colour rather than the pine thing. So mm. I went out and she, and she stood over me. She goes, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, don't do that. And I'm like, mum... Well, she goes, no, but if you do that, then this will happen. I'm like, mom, I really don't care. And she's just like, all right, okay. And then she, I let it in and then she came up. She goes, you did it all wrong. Look at this, look at that. I was like, oh, mom, I really don't care. And then she came, I had to then paint the other side. And um, I was like, mom, what are you doing? Why are you standing looking at what I'm doing? And she's like, I just want to watch. And I'm like, okay, you're allowed to watch, but you cannot say anything about the way I do stuff. She's like, oh, I promise I won't. So then I put the paint on the shelf. She's like, oh! <gasps> And I'm like, what? And she goes, oh, it's going to gloop everywhere. And I'm like, let, oh. So I start brushing in and something drops in the ground. She goes, oh, this is too much. I can't even watch your mess. You're making a dog's dinner of this. <laughs> and I'm like, can you just go in the house and leave me to it? Let you go. And then she goes. Oh and then we God. had an argument there. We had an argument there now before I started recording. Because um, I went for a drive and then came in. And she's downstairs, she's huffing and puffing. And she goes, oh, I'm just so hot. And I'm like, why are you hot? She goes, because I'm up and down that ladder painting your room. And I was like, mom, you don't, I said, why don't you let me paint the wall? She goes, well, no, you do it wrong. And I'm like, well, then don't moan to me. Like, I don't care. I told you not to even paint it. And then. Um, That's outrageous. Yeah, and you always say to me, you're white harsh on your mom. I'm like, no, my mom is cray cray. It would frustrate me that, like, I just, I, like, I don't even want you to touch my room and then you go in there and just, like, do the whole thing. Yeah. And, like, mess I can't stand anyway. So, like, to have, like, two weeks of being in, like, this disorganized room would just, like, really it's... upset me. Because I'd want to get it just done. I just want to get it done out of the way. Something that I thought would be a half a day job has now taken two weeks. We had, we came into, we came into blows the other day because, because I didn't tell her, because she didn't, because she wanted to paint the whole room. She then moved stuff around in my room. And I needed a new pair of contact lenses because you change them every two weeks. And she she had moved them. And I then didn't know where they were to find the new contact things. And I was like looking around, wearing my glasses. And my glasses are a bit loose because I've not been able to take them to the optician because of obviously everything happening. And they kept falling off my face. And I was slowly losing my patience. And she goes, well, well, I don't even know what your contact lenses look like to move them. I'm like, yes, but you move everything about. And now I don't know where anything is. And there is about 16 boxes of stuff lying in the hall. In one of them is my contact lenses. And I don't know what oh. to look at. And she goes, well, if you did it yourself, then you would know where they're at. And I'm like... Your mum did not say that. Shut up. Yeah. She goes, if you, if you, um, if you were to move stuff yourself. And I was like, mum... I didn't even want anything in my removed. Oh my! No, listen. That would that would get me up. I'm like, hold on one second. You want me to move something that I didn't want to move in the first place, and you're trying to blame me for the fact that I want something that I need because you wanted to do this, not me. No, no. Yeah. Get your mum on here now. We need to tell her about herself. <laughs> mum, come over here. Matt wants to check you out. Oh my days. She's not. That was there. today. Uh, that was. Friday. Today was the. Oh, today was just the, the same. I just said like painting and, and being done. She's like, oh, 
And then she moaned because then she had to go downstairs and do dishes. Like, you don't have to do the dishes. You could have said, Ashley, can do the dishes. And I would have been like, yes, but you decided to do it. And then huff and puff and moan that you have to do it. When you say moan, because it feels like she moans about every movement. Um, what what do you mean moan? Like, what does she say? Um, my mum has this habit of, she's really, I'd say she's really passive aggressive. Um, For sure. She would, she would be, she'll do something and she'll be like, <sighs> and I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, oh, nothing. And then she'll do something else. She'll be like, oh. I'm like, all right, mom, what's wrong? She was, oh, nothing really. And I'm like, okay, what is it? She's like, oh, just while sore because, you know, I don't want to stand and do dishes after being up and down the ladder all the time painting your room. And I'm like, but she'll say it in a word like, I'm painting your room. And I'm like, yeah, but mom, I didn't ask you to paint my room. So it's not my fault that you're in remote pain. And she's like, yeah, but it's your fault I'm here doing dishes. I'm like, no, it's not. You could have said, actually do you mind doing the dishes? And then I would do the dishes. Or you say, Keith, do you mind doing the dishes? Or he'd do the dishes. So it's not our fault that you're doing dishes. It's your fault you've not asked somebody else to do the dishes. But you would rather do the dishes yourself and then moan to other people about how, how you have to do the dishes. And then but- when she knows she's, she's caught out, she'll just then sulk and then turn away and change subject. Like that kind of thing, like fair enough. But like, if you saw dishes now, would you not? Do you think like because you're at home and stuff, and obviously like growing up there, that you might mm. not look to do the dishes when, say, if you were in your own house or something, you know, or when you're back in London and stuff, mm. you'll just do that stuff without being told. Well, I think the big thing is it's a, it's a, it's a habit thing in London. We obviously most people have dishwashers. Mum refuses to get a dishwasher in the house. She refuses it. Mm. We offered to do it she goes no no because usually it's just me here anyway and we don't make that much i don't make that much mess i'm like fair enough you can get a tiny uh, ones though you can get these like tiny little ones as well to be fair yeah she doesn't want one like literally we've yeah. talked about it a million times um it's not a case of i don't do dishes it's a case of i mean i can't believe this podcast turned into a conversation about my relationship with my mom but yeah um i would say it's more of a like when i eat food I like to let it settle a minute before I do the dishes. Do you know what I mean? So I might set the dish on the counter and then she'll come out and she'll be like, oh, look at all this mess. And I'm like, mom, I literally finished eating about two minutes ago. Can you give me five minutes? Um, and then she'll just start doing the dishes. And I'll be like, right, okay. I get that me. feeling. Like, I get that feeling. And I guess like it's different when like, it's your family and your children and stuff because like, I'm the opposite. So like I don't like waiting because I don't want to do it later. And... Mm. It's just like, a, but then like, there still needs to be like a certain level of restraint. Like um, when, like that happens, but that basically happens here. And like, say with Ed or something, he, he likes, for some reason, he's like, I really enjoy just like finishing my night by like putting in some music and then doing the dishes. And it's like one o'clock in the morning or something. I'm like, that is literally my nightmare. Like, in <sighs> fact, when I cook and eat, once I've made the food, I'll wash up most of it and then eat. Yeah. Um, just because I, I just don't like, I want to be able to relax as well, but I just don't want to relax. I, I, I find it really difficult to relax in mess. Um, yeah. What I see as mess, what I perceive as mess, like it, it weighs on my mind. Um, mm. Like even like today, like I knew going downstairs that like, and Ed said it was funny because there's like drinks and stuff from yesterday. Like I know I'm going to have to go downstairs and clean it and, and um, we're not all the same. Some of us will like happily have breakfast and, and like a tea and stuff and then, and then maybe do it a bit later. And I'm like, oh God, like I could mm. not think of anything like I couldn't sit there knowing that 
what I, what I see as mess is there. Um, so mm. I get that. But that being said, if you're in like a house, well, I mean, it's like any house. If you, uh, it depends if you say it's your house or your mum's house or whatever. Like, you know, either she should just, you know, understand where you're coming from in that respect, or, or if you're in your mum's house, then it might be worthwhile changing the way that you do it because you know that to clean. But I would veer, I would veer on the edge. I'd veer on the side of. Like, I see my family home as my home as well, like, not, like, in someone's space. So if I want to leave my dishes, I'll leave my dishes, to be fair. Yeah, I see my family home as my home as well. And as yeah. much as, um, it, like, it's it's hard, I mean, it's hard to explain. Without, obviously, everybody's hearing everything from my point of view. Um, it is very much a case of my mom just wanted something to mourn about, so decided to pick the dishes. It. That's old people though as well, boy. I don't know how they just love to moan about everything all the time, but my mum's the same. Oh, you you can't yeah. moan about something you chose to do. Yeah. Don't do it then. Yeah. 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 Damn. Anyway, enough about my mum and me. I love her. Hey, mum. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's. <laughs> I'm going to start calling she's... you bagger. Don't you dare call me bagger. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much been <laughs> that's fucking hell. That's a lot, a lot of mourning about my family, but I guess it um uh, yeah. it's low, sort of lends itself into something I mentioned to you just earlier on that um yeah yeah I've I have I've been struggling quite a lot these last. I mean you've known off off recording that I've not probably been in the best mindset for a few weeks anyway. Um, mm. So it's I would say probably thinking back because I've started to keep a little diary of things. And I was probably say it's about four weeks, five weeks, where I've just feel like I've been hitting a good bit of rock bottom. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I think it started when my we had a death in the family, and um, I think it started just around about that time. I wouldn't say it's related. I mean, it could be related to the death on the on a, like a subconscious level, but you know, I'm pretty cut dry with things like people die. Um, it wasn't like I think it was more this person was sick like it wasn't unexpected i'd already come to terms the fact that you know at some point very soon this this auntie won't be with us um mm. so it was it was I, I don't know if that you know but i'm also i also struggle with grief um i remember when my grandparents died that uh i didn't grieve for a long time and it then started to affect me in really weird ways where I was very, very close to my grandmother. Um, and when my grandmother died, she was the first grandparent to die. Uh, everyone was in bits. And I, look, I remember we were all in the room with my, when my grandmother passed away, like the minute she, the second she passed away. We were with her when she was alive and then all of a sudden she's gone. And you just see everyone else in the room break down. And I was like, well, somebody has to be the strong one. So I remember being the strong one and being there for my mom, being there for my sister, being there for my younger brothers who were very young at this time. Um, and I just then, you know, didn't get an opportunity to grieve only because mm. I chose not to. And I would say for the next three or four months after that, I just had the most messed up dreams. Pretty much, I'd say once a week, I had a dream about my, my I call her my Nana, my grandmother. Um, and either in a dream she'd be alive and dying or she'd be dead and coming back to life. And either way, I'd wake up just tears pouring down my face, like crazy, really vivid dreams. I wake up, wake up sort of sobbing. Um, so I don't, How I don't old did you say with, you were, sorry? 
when my grandmother died, I would have been, oh, I was at uni, so probably 20. I'll tell you what it was, actually. It was the year I came out because me and my mum didn't speak, and it was really my grandmother passing away that me and my mum and I get a bit closer again. Um, so I'd have been 20, 21. So, yeah, roughly then. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, so this obviously happened. Um, we're obviously been in this lockdown situation where you're not able to really see people and do your normal things. And I think then just everything that's happened in the world with um, George Floyd and the race riots. Um, and I just, I just, I don't know. I also hate talking about this type of stuff. So I'm going to have to just take a deep breath and get it out. Um, it's actually making me quite emotional, to be fair. Yeah, I'm... I, well, uh, I just, social, to me, I 100% blame social media. Um, I think social oh. media, I, lo- I love it, but I also hate it. And I have had to mm. take a massive step back um, from it. And I just, I don't like living in this world where everyone, everyone's, everyone feels their, their opinion should be heard. And I know that sounds so bad because if you, I'm one, I definitely want to say, you know, you should definitely voice your opinion. You shouldn't be holding it back. But I think there should be instances in life where you should just let, just let something slide. Like, and maybe it's just me, but I was just, I'd sit and look and I scroll through feeds on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And it, you, you literally cannot have an opinion on anything without somebody else coming in and saying, well, you're wrong because this, this, and this. And I'm like, All right, I, I'm just, I just get over just, I'm so over just how angry the world is with everything. Some things are more justified than others. And that, that's the thing that annoys me as well, is that people can, can put the same anger and contempt for an opinion on something as little as pineapple on pizza versus racism. And it, 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 it just, to me, in my opinion, sort of just I can't even think of the word but sort of makes bigger things less important when everything is a problem does that make no, sense I do I do agree yeah absolutely um I understand what you mean about like I feel like I understand a little bit I guess you're saying like um that everyone feels entitled to exp- um say what they think um and I I my belief is that it's okay so it's like social media because if if it's the, like the inverse of that or the opposite or like historically i would say like the opposite of that is like ignorance so we are able to live and survive within our own communities and our own bubbles and we don't nece- and we can pick and choose almost what we do take in and what we don't a positive as that is is you're able to live blissfully in your own environment potentially that you created or that you're a part of the the mm. the problem with that is that we then are not able to like face the true realities, and I think one of the things, especially that's happening at the moment, um, is like life is truly fucked at some points, and it's hard to get perspective when feelings involved because when you're already down, everything seems worse, mm. um, and and that's tough. Like I think, and the problem with social media, especially Twitter in particular, is, and then the problem with Twitter is, is that's a that is where I think I agree with your point. Like, it's not okay to express everything that you feel in the way that you do so hatefully, especially when, 
you know, you tear things up and some things are less important. The problem is, is that's all subjective. Like that's, you know, people's opinions and stuff. Um, mm. And then like Instagram is like almost like the same, but opposite because Instagram is like, to me, the opposite of Twitter where like people are putting like these unrealistic, unachievable, um, really forced ways of being. Um, and everyone's so happy and, and joyful and beautiful that it's just not like, it's also not a true reflection on life. It's another extreme. Mm. Um, but trying to face the world at the moment is absolute agony. I find absolute agony. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one because <laughs> there's, um, there has been mornings and like evenings I sit, you know, where I'm in a very shut off part of the world anyway, but I have great support around me. Like as much as I just spent 20 minutes morning about my mom, I love her to bits and we can sit and have the most stupidest conversation about the smallest thing. And, you know, we get on really well. Like it, I, I love her to bits. My brother's seem like he's great. Um, I've got Mickey and Tilly around me, two of my best mates. And, like of other people around me as well, like I have such I have such amazing friends here, but I also have such an amazing network of, I'd say family over in London, like you and all everyone else. Like I don't want to sit and name everyone because then people will be like well, you didn't name me, but people know I I love I love and I'm I'm very lucky with my group of friends, um. But I I just. There's been so many times, Matt, I can't tell you, that I've sat here feeling so lonely knowing that I could reach out to anyone and get distracted and get picked up. But just, as I might get my mood picked up, but I just, I've just had zero motivation to even want to better myself. I just mm. feel like I'm in this sort of vortex of negativity in every part of the world. And it's just been weighing on me. And I just, so many times I've woke up saying, like, what's the point of even getting out of bed today? Like, I don't, I just have zero drive to do anything. Um, and I would say there's been definitely two or three weeks or at least two weeks in the very middle where I even struggle to find something nice. Like, one of the, th one of the habits I'm trying to get into doing is writing down something I'm grateful for every day. Um, mm -hmm. Like, this sort of attitude of gratitude thing to help sort of, you know, try and find positive stuff in life. And I've just... I struggle like I really struggle to um I just really struggle to find something positive in this world to, to sort of get me through a day sometimes um and maybe I'm being a bit dramatic about it but I just and I, I definitely think that I'm the world is just so chaotic that everyone must be feeling like this um well at least in my head that's what I say to myself to get through that I'm not the only person that feels like this so sort of get up and get on with life actually the world doesn't stop turning just because you're feeling sad um that's the sort of i don't know if that's a good or bad way but that's i feel that sometimes depending what mood i'm in i'd say that puts extra pressure on myself to just sort of get on and do stuff but also sometimes i feel like i need that extra pressure on myself to get on and do stuff because i know how that's how i would usually function outside of this coronavirus scenario um so yeah i've just the last um, last five weeks I'd say has been really really tough but in, in the middle of that I'd say there's been definitely two or three weeks where I've had some really dark moments um, by myself and I've, I've really really struggled uh, and it's not something I'm I find very easy to talk about mm. uh, and I just 
you know, I felt, well, we're sitting, Matt and I usually chat before we, before we do re- record, we always say, well, we want to talk about, we some, sometimes talk throughout the week. We've not really had anything this week to talk about. And we've, you know, um, and when you messaged me and I was just like, you know, I just really want to talk about this because I feel like I need to do something to get it off my chest. And you mentioned before how you sometimes use the podcast as your own type of therapy. Um, and I'm 100%. Felt, yeah. Um, and I know there's other people out there who might listen and, you know, it, it, whenever you said there now that you 100% feel the same way as me and I was like, oh, it's good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. It's nice if other people are listening feeling like, do you know what? I'm not the only one that feels a bit shit, but yeah. Um, um and I, yeah. I, I, hopefully, I'm not trying to give like advice because it's I, like I'm. For me, like therapy is like talking, getting it out because like it's really important to just. To to, that inward energy needs to come out. Like I am a big believer in like energies in some way. Like where like okay, you've been and um i don't know if i said it when we were doing this recording or the one before but like my feelings are very very at the edge like i almost feel like they're it's in my skin and it needs to go mm-hmm. out so sometimes i'm a bit more expressive in that way and that's like what how i've been the past couple of days um some of the things that i think are quite important to remember i think is that um yeah knowing that other people are going through the same thing is important because having feelings and feeling like you're the only one is very isolating in some ways and um i would say that i definitely am going through and have done gone through a lot of feelings especially feeling like and it comes down to like self-worth and motivation and wanting to do stuff you know losing my job is that's that hits my pride that hits like um how i feel about myself and that's why i like i i I took it really personally in some ways and that's why i just like broke down in some ways but um i think to one extent it's really important to try and get yourself out of like feelings right it's really important to understand um what you can do to cope with certain things but I also think it's really important to, unfortunately, embrace the negative feelings and go through and allow um, those negative feelings to happen. That hurts a lot because they are. um, And you need to find out when some... I think it's really important to understand when allowing those feelings um, then creep onto, like, self-destructive behaviour. So I know, for example, like, so, in fact, I had my, my therapy was on Monday. So I had it just the Monday just gone and as per always which is so annoying and i was such an idiot i was I, like i was not good i was not good i was really looking forward to having this therapy because like the part the, apart from thursday like the weeks before the past two weeks i'd been in a really like shit shit place right like mood wasn't good and stuff and me and Ed had been talking about it and whatever and then we're talking and talking and talking and then i was like oh and also like and she was like how's your exercise going and i was like do you know what? i haven't done exercise in four weeks and um i've been doing these things the things that i do to cope and help me i haven't been doing and it it was both the result and the consequence like the reason for and the result of why i was feeling a certain way um and i was like i know that if i do the things that help like exercise like eat better um leave the house they're the things that help me um mm. but the things that i don't want to do is I definitely comfort eat so i don't want to have like um i don't want to eat myself i don't want to eat my grief like my sadness so like I, that's something that i need to actively avoid because i think that's a form of like self-destruction for me yeah. um and i think but it's, it's such a fine line like and sometimes you go over it without even thinking about it you just go into those like ways of being that are the, the bits that are maybe are not the best part of yourself when you're sad you know um mm. and i don't do you have any of those sort of like reaction when do you feel like you're I'm going to say this like, at your worst. Like, what are the kind of things that you that you find yourself doing or being when you're just like, you know what, I don't want to be this way. 
when I'm in a bad mood? Um, I don't know if I've, uh, I don't know. I would say, I, I would say when I'm, when I'm by myself, I feel, do you know what I sometimes liken myself to? And I don't want to sort of make myself sound better than what I am, but um, I think a lot of my, I'd say a lot of my family, I'm very much, I'm very different from the rest of my family. My family are very, they're, I'm, a, I'm probably the most outgoing person in my family. So like I can defuse situations or, you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, I don't want to say I'm the, I'm the funny person because I don't think I'm that funny, but um, my family sometimes think I'm hilarious, which is cute. But um, uh, I just, I feel like I sometimes throughout the day, try my best to hold other people together or uplift other people. And um, it's only when I like sort of, before I get up in the morning, when I sit in bed and have a coffee or when I finish and turn the night out, the, the, get into bed, I sit and I just think about the day and think about everything. And I just, it's those moments when I just feel at my worst. Um, and I know like there's other people out there who are, other people out there who are who are that role to me, like you, for example, Matt, 100%, anytime I chat to you, I always just feel so much better. Um, and like Mickey and Tilly as well, like they're two of the people here that if I called them at any time of the day, they would, you know, 100% have me over to the house for a cup of tea or go for a walk or whatever it is, 100%. Um, so it's just, I, I guess it's sort of the roles that we give ourselves and the roles that we like put ourselves in for other people and the roles that then we look at other people to fulfill for us. Um, but I'm also the very type of person who I would very much, and maybe it's a pride thing, but I would very much struggle to say to you, Matt, even though you're one of my, like you probably know me best of a lot of other people, I would very much struggle to say, Matt, I'm really struggling with this and I need to talk. It's not something I could ever see myself doing. Um, which is just, I don't know. I don't know why, but. So when times where I am feeling at my lowest, I, at that point, cannot reach out and say to one, hey, do you know what? I'm feeling pretty shit right now. Um, as I, when I say to you, when I say, when I'm at my lowest, I do actually mean I, I've been pretty low. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's a messed up. It's I'm, I feel messed up. And I feel, I don't know. Some days like today I got up and I went for a little drive. And I felt better about it, and then I came back, and I was just like, "Oh, do you know, I don't even know what I want to do with the rest of my day now." Um, I've got loads of little half plans made, but nothing concrete, and you know. Yeah. Anyway, I got really a bit emotional there. <laughs> so. I wonder why. I, I always, I'm always interested about like <clears throat> why people do or don't open up, like especially because I always considered myself to be quite an open book, and then I found out before I started therapy. And but through my breakup with Adam, that is the complete opposite. I'm an emotional mm -hmm. person, but I'm not an emotionally open person. So whenever I feel certain things, I'm emotive. So I'm angry, and people can see that I'm angry, or I'm sad, and people can see that. But what I don't do is talk about what it is that I'm feeling necessarily. In fact, it always comes out, especially back then, came out in passive aggressive like moments. And um, it was before I started having therapy. I, I kind of, what you're describing when you're saying like, you find it really difficult to say like to message me or to, you know, Mickey or Tilly or someone, 
um, I had the same with um, my friend Holly at work, who listens to the podcast, um, and Jordan. Um, and I mean, loads of people did. Everyone was like, you, I'd say the same to you. You'd say the same to me. You would always be like, Matt, if you need to talk. Like, loads of people do it. But I, I, I struggled to open up and tell people. But then I basically, like, just... I know it sounds weird, but I just did to the point where, like, I'd feel super sorry for myself and almost like this, like, annoyance. I say, Jordan, I know it's been three days in a row, but I need to talk to you again. Um, and what I found, and I still struggle with that in some instances, but I try and get over my own feelings and insecurities about it, is that that is okay. So Jordan made me feel very comfortable. Holly made me feel very comfortable um, and would accept and embrace the repetitiveness of what I'm feeling um, would allow me to speak without like sort of like judgment. Um, one thing I really hate, and um, I feel like I'm being preachy now, I guess, is I don't really like unsolicited advice. <laughs> like I hate it. <laughs> I hate advice anyway. You know, I hate being told what to do, right? It has mm. to be like a, and I was trying to explain this to Ed because he's like, so what am I supposed to do then? And I'm like, you, this is where it becomes really difficult. And I think I said it to you before, like I need, I need you to, Maybe ask a question and slightly suggest, but not overtly tell me what it is that you think I should or should not be doing. <laughs> and he's like, but that's really hard. And I was like, I know, but you need to do that. <laughs> that's, that, that's, your, that's your problem now. That's, you need to, that's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's a choice that they make. And it's obviously my issue. That's not their issue. But as the form of support, and they are, you know, people are asking, what is it that I can do to help? I'm like, I, like you don't need to do this, but this is how I need you to help if you're going to help. And then they were like, fine. <laughs> um, and if I get a little bit of drop of unsolicited advice, then, you know, I need to learn to deal with that <laughs> as well. Um, and I'm much, well, I'd say I'm much better. That's actually false. That's one of the things that I've really not worked on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just, I found it really, it's, I was really low after breaking up with Adam, right? I was, that was, that was tough. I would say that was really tough now. And it's easy to live in the moment, but like the past three months have been really, really tough. The past two mm -hmm. weeks have been, three weeks, sorry, have been exceptionally difficult um, for me. And I think, but one thing I'm really happy about is that like, I know I'm crying a lot, like Thursday, twice on Friday. <laughs> um, uh, to me, that's a good thing because before what would have happened is, is I wouldn't have had this outward this outward projection of my energy it would have lived inside me and it would have been in my chest and I would have felt it super, super deep to the point where I feel it physically, like physically in my body. Um, and although I don't want to cry at the drop of a hat of everything, at the moment, like I'm fine with that because I need it to go out. I need it to leave my body. I need it to get out of me, go. And then, so I'm able to continue with like what's going on. Um, I'd be interested to know if you would reach out to one two or three people although writing i think is a great thing i think writing things down is really good for many people it's not for me i tried it um two weeks ago it's not for me i realized um uh but yeah the, the only other thing i say is i remember this is one of the earliest things that happened when i started therapy is i would i was explaining my coping mechanisms to my to, to my therapist about what how i used to deal with things one of those things was is because of the way that people tell me that i speak is too it's too much, you know, it's too aggressive, it's too direct, it's too forward. The way that I dealt with that was to stay silent. And I realized, especially at work, that when I stay silent, things go well. So my way of cope, that, that's why I stopped expressing myself and stopped opening up um, to everything, not just at work, but in general, because I realized like if I don't say anything, then people like me more or people think that I'm more amenable in a lot of ways. 
the problem with that is is that it fed into everything else and so i was closed off and i would i would censor myself and i'd be t- closed off that i just couldn't open up anymore i was unable to open up to anyone including adam and that was fundamentally the reason why our relationship broke down mm-hmm. um but what i was saying to her i was like but it works so far and she's like and that's great like that's really good that it works for you then but what works for you back then may not be what works for you now and you know your coping mechanisms will always change so where you may have been quiet and silent and not opening up would have worked for you at one point, but those tactics may not be appropriate for where you are right now in life and finding different coping mechanisms and ones that suit um, the moment is really, really important. Yeah. That was a lot of words. No, no. I, and I, I guess that makes sense as well. It, you know, it's life changes, like the world changes. So it would be foolish to think that, the way you deal with things doesn't change with the world around you because the world that you're wanting to change is changing. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And hopefully yeah. we as people are changing, but hopefully we're growing. And, you know, I think there's an issue in the world when people don't grow and develop and they think that things must stay the same. Like I have a big issue with um, someone that is, or was, I guess, close to me because they believe that now at um, their age in their thirties, that they are the person that they're going to be now for the rest of their life. And they know themselves better than they ever have done. And this is who they want to be. And my issue with that is like at 30 or, you know, 32 or 33, hopefully fingers crossed, touch wood, all that sort of stuff. That's not even half of your life. Do you know what I mean? That's not even half of your life. Like there's so much more growing to do. Um, yeah. I'd hope. I, I want to change. I want to be a better person. I want to be able to do things that I haven't been able to do um, by making mistakes and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's quite, you know, if we're open to changing, developing as a human being um, and as a like society, then that's, yes, that's needed. And that's what I want to be able to do. Yeah. I think throughout anyone's, to me, my goal throughout, I'm not going to say everyone's goal should be the same as mine, but I personally strive to be the best version of myself that I can be, whether that is physically or mentally or just attitudinally. Um, just we should always be, we should always, I am always striving to be the best that I can be. Um, and that includes, in order to improve, you need to recognize your flaws for one. So, um, we have to do that and then grow. Like you said, we should always be looking to grow. And when you re- when you recognize your flaws, that helps you point in the direction of where you need to grow. So do you think that's... that that's something you're able to do or you find difficult or easy to do? What, recognizing flaws? Yeah, yeah. The things about yourself that you just think, you know what, this is something that... I... Yeah. I think I am very good. I think I'm very good adapt at adapting to flaws that I find in myself. What I don't like is people telling me where my flaws are. I need to sort of recognize them myself. Um, so sort of similar to what you were saying, like you know, people have to appreciate the way you do stuff. I'm I'm the same. I don't I. If somebody was to say the way you're doing something is wrong, I'd be like, I don't know. Like, again, I'm going to just contradict it because if somebody says that you're doing this wrong, you should do it this way, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. As long as it's logical. Um, but I would say with me, 
once I recognize a flaw, I can adapt it. Adapt very, I would say quickly, but I'm 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 self I'm more self aware. What mm. sometimes happens is I sometimes struggle to then initially recognize that flaw because I've got preconceptions and everything else in my head of what it should be. And it's sort of, it's sort of what I sometimes end up doing is I do a lot of research and stuff and then I'll sort of say, well, how can that be? If usually my instinct is pretty spot on in this case, it's not, then I'll do some more research about areas which I need to learn more about to get a balanced opinion. And then sometimes I change my opinion just completely on 180. And I think that's totally fine for people to do. So one day you could argue for this thing and then a week later you've read a bit more and go, watch, I never thought about that before. Um, and you've changed your mind. And that's I think that's essential. Well. People change their yeah. minds. I struggle with people that would just refuse to change their mind as well. I don't think that makes sense. I struggle with people who... I struggle with people who... I think the thing about everything is people are going to have different opinions on you and that's fine. And I think that's obviously come back to what we were talking about earlier on on social media. People are not going to agree with you on everything and that's fine. I, For example, I, I'm not a religious person, but I have friends who are religious. I'm never going to say to them, you're wrong to have a religious belief or you're wrong to have that because it's not what I believe. I'm like, do you know what? you're you're doing you and you let me do me i'll never be the person to sit and say to you you should not believe in religion as long as you're not the person to sit and say to me you should believe in religion um if i want to believe in religion i'll make that 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 evolution in my mind on my own i don't need you to tell me that i need to be religious mm. so I think I'm kind of thinking about like what um, what you're saying about like your self-awareness or like open up because I, I obviously as like your friend and someone done the podcast with you, I think that's one of the things that I would say that I think about you as well, that you'll not necessarily see some things or ways of being that I may disagree with and say like in this instance where someone doesn't agree with you or I don't know, there's just one or someone doing that. Um, and if you think of like, like the words, that you're saying and it's only it's only to consider i'm not saying it's right or wrong but um sometimes i think about like the importance of like things ways of being said and so like say if someone was religious and then you're saying you don't need to be told that because you have a belief mm. i think there's sometimes some argument to say well even if i'm not able to or i should help necessarily change someone's view on something um i think there's a certain level of I don't know, stubbornness or fixedness in saying that. And this is myself. I am actually bad for this. That's why I don't like advice um, that I don't need to be told about certain things because I think there's like this like element of like somehow we need to somehow, and I have no idea how, be open to other people's suggestions or ideas in some respect without having the ability to then offer that same advice or same idea um, which is tough because we can't be like, all right, well, I'm just going to accept everything that everyone says all the time. Mm. And you should be able to express yourself. But I think there's a fundamental flaw within like the world as well that like, because people want to tell people what to do without being able to receive that same 
Mm. I don't know ideas suggestions that's when all that like anger comes out because people are frustrated because people aren't listening to them all that sort of shit yeah um yeah um, people are so people are so confident that their opinion is the right one that they're totally unopen to the potential that they could be wrong mm. absolutely yeah and I don't, know, I don't know if I mentioned this so I met my friend Ben who's just um qualified as a doctor and he was like, do you know what science is? Because, you know, people like to refer to facts a lot about certain things, right? And they say scientific fact, so it has to be true. And he was like, because um, some people say science is factual, you know, or like, you know, things are factual. Maths is a fact, right? The outcome of these things is a fact because one plus one equals two. And then he was like, well, they're taught that like science is not necessarily a fact, but it's the closest assumption that you can get based on the information that you have at the time, Right. Mm-hmm. so whenever people perform procedures or find out about space or anything to do with science and mathematics in general um and like formulas that that is the closest assumption that you can have at the time then you know like scientific developments in general more information is added so then to think that with this additional information that one plus one then equals two is still that's is still the same despite the fact that there is now additional information is false, right? Mm. We'll never know what happened in the past in history. We don't. We may never know at this point what's going on in space so far away in places that we can't reach, right? Mm-hmm. We don't actually know. Um, but scientists would have made assumptions based on all of this incredible information that they've managed to gather. But you, you may never truly know certain things. And I think that's the same about people's opinions because people are like, no, I'm absolutely certain about this. You can be certain. Of course you can be certain because of what you've seen, what you've experienced and stuff. Mm-hmm. But as you go on, more information will come involved. And if you close off that information, and this is where social media is both good and bad, is you've got so much information um, that it's really difficult to disseminate what is fact, what is fiction, what is meaningful, what is emotion, all this sorts of stuff. But you get so much information that it's almost like an overload. And this is where yeah. media's responsibility, I'm going on a rant now. This is where mm. media's responsibility is fucked, right? Because they'll drip, drip the information that they want you to. And it's, it's so hard to find objective like views because you can't make up your own mind. Everything is tailored to what people want you to believe. And then the information that you can gather is really, like it's given to you what you want to be, you know, it's given to you. So it's not, you can't make these, or people are making decisions based on misinformation. Um, mm-hmm. and so you can't just you can't rely on what's supposed to be a reliable news source because it's still not you know you can't rely on Sky and BBC now we're finding out we're especially finding out which is tough you know so where mm-hmm. are you supposed to get this information from oh, yeah that was weird that was weird rant <laughs> no no it, it's, the thing is when you were talking before in my head when you're talking about you know obviously drips of information through social media I my head I instinctively went to media like as in news 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 sources and you're right like news sources don't give facts they give opinions like for news art for news these days it's all about getting that click so they'll write something in a very sensational way or they'll you know they'll give you their audience the thing they want to hear so they can be like oh well you know fox news says this and it's like well of course fox news says that they're notoriously republican of course they're going to have a republican view about something that you know and if you want to an equal as as a news source that was equal uh liberal or d- democrat 
then they would, of course, have a very democratic or liberal view on the same sort of story. So uh, if you sit and only read one news source or one bit of information, you'll only ever hear that one side of that story. Like, and I've, you, I can notice it myself sometimes with, with myself on, if I'm watching like something on YouTube and I'll watch like five or six video clips of somebody talk, doing a talk, I'm like, oh my God, this totally all makes sense. This all makes sense. It's all, it's all just fits into place. And then I'm like, that makes sense. And then I can go off and have a conversation based around that. But then if I go off and then start saying, well, you know what? I want to listen to what this idiot has to say about this because they're obviously going to be wrong. Um, and then I'll be like, well, actually, that now makes sense. And now that makes sense. And then you're sort of like, oh, where am I sitting? And then you have to use all the information to form your own opinion. But even, like, they might have certain takes, but, like, and we'll go back to it, like, the Madden McCann thing, like, and this is where I'm like conspiracy theorist 101. Like, I'm like, the government have literally tailored the news to distract from what is happening in the world. Because how mad was it that suddenly one of the biggest news stories ever to hit the world shows up on every news source, apart from like two, which is the Financial Times and the Guardian. Like, and the, but, but BBC, the most impartial apparently um, news source is showing this, like, it's fucked. Um, so you might even get like a hot take and if you follow these, but to the point where the actual information you're giving is so thinly veiled in that respect. Like, that that got me. That's what broke my... I, I always went to BBC for, like, a reliable... And I still look at the BBC now, but I use it to, like, then go onto the internet and, like, navigate and try and my best. Um, mm. But that was fucked. But even then, because I was like, I need to try and... Div I want to diversify, like, you know, what I'm... So I started following a couple of, like, black Republican or, like, you know... Um, right wing sort of people but even then i'm finding myself oh, i find it really hard to be open to those opinions even though i'm following them. and twitter's bad again i know for sure but mm. where they'd be like you know these black people are like you know vote trump and racism doesn't exist i just i cannot get over myself and i don't know whether i should or shouldn't well i believe i mean at this point i don't believe i should but I'm, just, I'm, I'm almost like following them to disagree, yeah. you know, so I can say to myself and other people, oh, well, I follow like these black people that are right wing and I'm trying to open up my mind and stuff. But in the same way, I almost actively disagree with what's being said because I already know in my head what they're going to say, which is obviously not true because I don't know what they're going to say. So that's mm -hmm. difficult. It's really hard to even put your pride or your like ego aside just to say, do you know what? I'm going to be like um, open to these crazy black people trying to say that racism doesn't exist and that privilege yeah. doesn't exist. Like, but then it's it's also, you know, it's the, also the format in which you're getting their opinions. Um, I think if we were to go, if we were to flash back before the internet and just go old school where people read newspapers, news news back then. I would say there might have still been a little bit of sway here and there, but it was more trustworthy. You know, journalists wrote articles that had a bit more oomph behind them rather than get it written up quickly and out there, out there without fact-checking, just get it out there so that we can have a story there before anyone else. It's all about the speed about getting that story out these days versus the quality of the story in the first place. Um, mm. So the format in which we we absorb information these days is, you know, Twitter used to be what, 140 characters. So now it's two, 280. So you're, you're limiting 
people are limiting their intake of information on a 280 um, character bit of update or a headlines. Like people read headlines and get the story from the headline. Very few people will actually go in and click and read the whole news article. And even then, it's all done about speed we get up. So it's, you know, I would say in the type of instances where you want to open your mind, and I'm not talking about you directly, but if someone wanted to open their mind and sort of get a different opinion through, I would say you need to dig a bit deeper than just, you know, the, 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 the tweet that they put up. I think you need to find somebody and have a conversation with them. I say, well, I was just to... about to say, I was, yeah. yeah, like that's it, really, isn't it? Yeah, you need to talk to somebody because then you can ask the questions. You can ask the questions that you want to get the answers to, rather mm. than just read what they've said and then. And I do the same as well. I, there's people I follow some of this reason, and I'm like, well, I don't agree with this, and I'm just going to tweet back because I think that person's an idiot because I don't. I'm not having a conversation with them. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, we're. Oh, what a lot of segues in this one. So, not I don't know. Have you found any way, like, what we've been talking about? And I know we've gone off a lot and I've probably given loads <laughs> of unsolicited advice, but um, the question we would always ask is, so how are you feeling now? Um, it doesn't have to be better. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I feel a bit better. Um, and I think it's because the gyms here have opened up again. I've been able to go to a couple of classes and... Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm trying to find the energy to do something a bit more creative. Um, and I just, I mean, I've noticed as well, I was editing one of the podcasts from like two, three weeks ago, and I was like, I clearly have no motivation to do this, this episode, because I just, I felt so shit. And I, I thought my voice came across like that. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm trying to be a bit more creative and find something that makes me happy and listen to music makes me happy and, you know, just be happier. Um, but we'll see. It's a, so far, it's, I say, a 5% increase in my mood. <laughs> nothing. Mm. No, nothing to cray cray. That's fair. It's understandable. Mm. But it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. I know. I would lose in both of those things, unfortunately. I wish it was a standstill. Actually, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> I, wish it, I wish it was an eating contest and not just a diet. Bitch, I started a diet this week. Oh, my God, I'm hungry all the time. Oh. All of the time. It's so hard. It's only been two and a half days. <laughs> Today was tough. <laughs> <been hard. laughs> I started 20 was, minutes ago. <laughs> it was Friday. I only started on Friday. Um, but today was tough because I like being hungover or whatever. Mm. Um, I made I, an amazing breakfast yesterday morning. I was, oh, it was so delicious. Um, I had loads of people mess me on Twitter, Instagram about it as well. Be like, oh, this looks so good. I'm like, mm-hmm, I know. Um, and then Alex today said, is that guacamole? And I go, oh, no, it's a, a avocado smash. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like, oh. AKA is it, avocado. <laughs> no, not guacamole. <laughs> guacamole. Uh, um, and I was like, he, he goes, oh, it's a Matt special. And I'm like, uh, no, it's not. Matt did not invent guacamole or avocado smash. I had this. A Matt in, special? 
Yeah, that's what he said. Have I made you know breakfast before? Damn, girl. <laughs> you know those breakfasts you make people? Um, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> I made you the breakfast. Oh, and you put it on. Yeah. Um, where is... I uh, did not know you had so many followers on Instagram. You me? Yeah. Oh, have I got a lot? 2,900. That's more than I thought. Oh. Um, Where is this breakfast? Oh, well, it's done now, but here, I'll send it to you on um, WhatsApp. Okay, I want to see it. Because it is, it was delicious. Because you know okay. I make a banging breakfast. You know that. You, know, you do make a good breakfast. I do, yeah. I'm really enjoying cooking at the moment. That's one thing I really... So, given everything that's happening in the world and blah, 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 and sadness and blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it's important to like try and um, for me at this moment in time um, try and take everything the opportunities that are given to me so for example you know being on furlough and you know about to lose my job um, there are opportunities that come out of that one of which is and it's really important that creativity although it's taken me two years to actually brave it but doing that play has really 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 opened me up to being more creative again Mm. Um, and it's something that I really enjoy doing and whether I'm good at it or not, um, it's something that I love. And so like, um, someone had offered to do another performance in a month's time and I put myself forward to do that as well. And I just want to kind of keep it going. Um, but finding those things that like, yeah, creative things that hopefully you don't put pressure on yourself to, cause I was like, I need to learn Italian, but like I put pressure myself to like do it all the time or whatever, you know? Um, mm. Or write this script, for example, and I both need to do it, but also not put pressure on myself too much to do it and stuff like that. But there's a lot of these like outlets that I think that yeah, you like you should do your vlogs again, um, and things like that. Yeah, that creativity is super super important. Yeah, well, I've I've, I've um, bought myself a new camera to do um, to do like YouTube videos again because I really like YouTube videos, and I think the pressure you put on yourself, you're right. Like I was in. I already messed like, you know, am I going to post one video a week or two video weeks or three video or one a month or whatever it is? I was like, I was like, who the fuck cares? Just do it for you. Um, mm. cause one thing, one thing I'm trying to learn as well is after effects, like, so how to create like animations and stuff. Um, and it's really like, I got fully obsessed with it at the start. And then this drama happened with the camera, um, that I ordered and then I just to- totally lost my momentum for it. Cause my camera didn't mm. arrive in time. And, I was like, well, I feel like I want to go out and record, but it didn't arrive, and, and I just lost. So I then this morning, um, before I went for a drive this morning, I started doing some more bits on it. I was like, yeah, I'm getting back into this. This is good. Um, I've sent you that picture for my breakfast, so I want you to tell me how good it is on, on the recording here so that it makes the podcast. What the fuck is that cheese? The cheese. Every- <laughs> I like how you scattered the tomatoes around to look like a fat... <laughs> to look like, um, like artsy. <laughs> it is artsy. It's so funny. Um, and you wrap the bacon in cheese. Well, yeah. So I put... Yeah, I made like a little bacon sandwich of cheese. It looks delicious. It was so good. Um, I'm not going to lie. And I will say this, because people... We were talking about like what's like... Although this is missing hash browns, obviously. Because um, you haven't got any sausages there. And I think sausages are really overrated. I actually think, obviously, like, the range of sausages in the world is cray-cray, right? Like, you can get really incredible sausages. It's just really wide. There are so many different types of sausages. Mm, I love but the ones that people seem to get seem to be the worst. Like, honestly, people always get, like, horrible cheap sausages. And I'm like, I don't want... Don't get cheap sausages. It's the one rule you should never do is if you're going to... 
anything that you're going to invest in for your breakfast or, you know, invest in sausages. You want to look at the back, make sure that there's a high meat content, low every, you're, I'm talking like 80, 90, 94, 95, 96% meat. You stop it. You need to stop. What? <laughs> you're so funny. Oh, it's a hundred percent the way I look at the back. You want to go to the back, and you and you want to you want to splurge. You want to go to you know, the Tesco's finest aisle, not the other aisle. And you want to get absolutely sausages. You on, honestly, once you've had a good sausage, you'll never go back to a shit sausage. Well, that's the problem. Like you show up to like people's houses and shit, and they give you these like Richmond sausages, and I'm like, you're fucked. Oh yeah, like a barbecue. Because one thing I hate, right, is like people showing up with like these cheap ass sausages for a barbecue, right? Because I mean, obviously, that like, white people barbecues are dumb anyway, because they only have like sausages and cheap shit burgers, right? No chicken available apparently. But <laughs> they show up with these stupid sausages, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to eat your shit sausages, man. It's stupid. And what's really not, I remember that I actually remember the best sausage I've ever eaten as well. And it's not available because it was in like a restaurant and it's one of those places where they change the menu regularly. And so I went there again and there was no breakfast sausage. And I was like, this is oh, so annoying. This was years ago. No mm. idea what was in it. No idea. It just like, it was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, so I'm glad you had no sausages on your breakfast. Yeah. My stupid breakfast on this diet was like this small tub of yogurt with, they wanted you to put one third of a banana. So I put the whole banana. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah chopped up some almonds you have to weigh everything on a scale i don't have the time um, for that. uh i have loads of time <laughs> i have loads of time um i have the time for that. i like, i don't mind it it reminds me of how i used to work anyway do you know what i mean like in restaurants and mm. stuff and when we used to make things so like i'm good with that like th that works for me um yeah so now i need to make the food is delicious it is the portion sizes that's the problem mm. um so everything's so so tiny but the actual food i've been making has been really really nice yeah we'll see i'm gonna have a new summer body right in time for winter <laughs> <laughs> well that's i uh, winter, winter bodies are all the rage these days ah uh, it's just a tight do you know what like and it's really difficult i guess as like a naturally fat person but sometimes i do get tired of being fat like i know it sounds stupid and i'm super envious of people that are just like naturally thin um mm. and i guess everyone has their own hang-ups because like people who are thin are like oh i want to be bigger and you know i put on muscle really quickly and stuff so that's helpful obviously in some things but sometimes and i mean this genuinely i just i'm like i guess it's like being black sometimes or, whatever, or gay sometimes like oh i wish i could just have the perks of being something but not all of it you know i wish mm. i just i like being strong and i like being like um i like having big arms for example because people seem to like them i like having big legs but i fucking hate having wide hips sometimes and like a big belly and you know just just weighing a lot because i can feel i went for a run and i can just feel the weight of my body um and it's just exhausting being fat like honestly it really is i feel yeah i feel yeah i'm mm -hmm. a larger lady again <laughs> oh. yeah mm, all right my dear have you anything else no no boo well i want to thank everyone for listening um, thank you so much, Ashley. Um, I love you. I love you too. Very much. And mm. yeah, we got to feel our feels and cry our cries. Yep. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Well, um, thanks everyone. Thanks for, uh, have an awesome week and this comes out on Thursday week, weekend. Uh, if you're feeling a bit blue, you know, I think if anything, 
I think you can understand that a lot more people than yourselves are going through stuff, so it's okay to feel sad um, and down. Um, and yeah, maybe reach out. Do do what I didn't do and reach out and speak to somebody. <laughs> that, might be, that might be good. That might be good. Um, you spoke one of the about rare, it today, Boo. One of the rare occasions where Matt actually is right. I'd say he's right. Rare. You're joking. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, how dare you have an opposite, opposite opinion than me? Um, jokes, 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 jokes. Uh, right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Matthew, Matthew, I can't even speak. I'm so hungry now. I'm just thinking of a sausage. I'm starving. <laughs> uh, I, uh, thanks for a lovely episode. And thank you. Um, and I love you so much. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Ashley. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm.